0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. This morning we have three amazing ladies from this campus speaking. So I'll introduce to you each one of them and then they're gonna come up one after the other and share around the word. So first up, we have have Brooke Batyong, the daughter of Brian and Leanne Yarber, the supermodel on the preview with her husband there. Her and her husband oversee My City Youth. Look after the youth here at East Campus. They are passionate about reaching the next generation. Heart to serve, heart after God, and just amazing couple. Look, watch this space. You guys are phenomenal. And we are so thankful to have you here at East Campus. We love you so much. So yeah, and my kids always ask Brooke to babysit them. So my kids love you too, both of you actually. Second up we have Pastor Summer Peterson. She is an executive pastor in our staff. There's four executive pastors that oversee all of our campuses for C3 San Diego, our five campuses. She oversees media, marketing, creative production here like all the videos, everything worship. She does it all so that's, she's amazing. Her and her husband moved from Australia 13 years ago to help start C3 San Diego, and she is one of my best friends. I love you. Whenever I need, like, ice cream or burger or anything like that, that people don't tend to eat around the church or whatever on staff, I call Summer. She goes with me. Yeah. She helped me through the 5K last year, and I'm just so thankful for you. You're You're like my go-to friend these days, so I love you. So can't wait to hear what you're gonna share. And last but not least, coming up, we have Heather Molchinoff. She and her hubby up here, Daniel, are pillars at East Campus. I think they've brought like half of the church. They, she is a boss businesswoman. They own two booming salons, hot seat salon here in San Diego. Amazing evangelist, prayer warrior, just amazing person, and um, just, I don't know what we would be doing out here in East Campus without you and your family. And we're just so thankful for you, and I'm tearing up because I love all of you, and I'm just so excited for today. So let's put our hands together for our first speaker, Brooke Batian.
1: So happy, oh my gosh. Well, I first want to give honor where honor is due and Pastor Michael and Lisa, thank you so much. Um, thank you for just pioneering this campus and for coming all the way out from to East County from Rancho Santa Fe, like, are you kidding me? Um, but yeah, I'm so thankful for you guys and for the words that you spoken in and mine and DJ's marriage and we love you guys. Also Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, um, literally without them, none of us would be in these seats. Um, which, by the way, is not by accident that you guys are in these seats today, because I have a, a really good feeling that um, what you're going to hear today from you know me and these other two amazing women, it's, it's something really inspiring. And, you know, we're coming in hot. We just came from Cherish. Oh, my gosh. So um, today I'm going to kind of do a little bit of a teaching and then how it actually affected my life and what I went through. Um, about two years ago. So I've been at C3 for about three years. Oh, worship team. You guys are so good. Thank you. Worship is warfare. If you feel you're going through something, just turn on worship music. Oh, my gosh. They're at the front lines for us. Um, So I'm going to start off with some scripture. Um, It's in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. I'm going to read it in the NIV version, and then we're going to go into a different one. Oh, New King James. That's cool, too. Um, So are we changing it? Oh, they're really fast. Okay, so if you open your Bibles, I have like a little piece on my notes. Do we have it up here? It's also really small. I can't see it. New King James, NIV, it's great. Also, I'm really loud. I'm Filipino, so you might want to turn the, the mic down a little bit. Um, <laughs> I get a little crazy. Okay, either way, so I'll just preface it for you. So uh, Matthew 4 um, Verse 18 through 20, basically, Jesus is walking by the beach. He likes to take a nice long walk on the beach like most of us do. Um, So Jesus is walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon and Peter, and called his brother Andrew. They were casting their net out to a lake, for they were fishermen. Next verse. Jesus says, come and follow me, and I will send you out and fish for people. Verse 20, at once they left their nets and followed him. I can just imagine this situation where, like, these guys are fishing. They're just doing their work. They're doing their daily thing. And Jesus just goes, hey, uh, you guys, come on. We're going to go make disciples and change the world. They're like, all right, let's go. Uh, (laughs) Just like that. And I remember when I first read it, I'm like, oh, that's so good. I'm totally going to do that. When Jesus tells me to go, I'm going to go I'm gonna do it immediately I'm not gonna question him and then it actually happened and then I'm like oh gosh um so we're gonna read it in the message translation just because I love the message it's so much like more relevant and a lot easier to read um and it says this this actually have here they were fishing throwing their nets into the lake it was their regular work say regular work Jesus said come with me and I'll make you a new kind of fisherman say new kind I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. They didn't ask questions, but they simply dropped their nets and followed. Okay. <laughs> this is where it gets a little bit crazy for me because I'm like, if you don't know my story, I was a competitive soccer player for 18 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> USA. Um, so I played college soccer. I played club. I was super into it. I loved it. It was all I knew. It was my life. I on weekends, I had soccer tournaments. I had soccer games. It's what consumed me, but I loved it so much I didn't want to stop. Um, so here it says, I'll make you a new kind. And um, a lot of times, you know, we look for a word from God or a prophecy from God, but when we hear it, it actually inconveniences us, and then we're like, oh, that's not God. I'm not going to do that. No, God, you really don't want me to do that. Um, and so... Just to clarify, everyone, every major character in the Bible was inconvenienced a lot. (laughs) And they got, like, a book named after them. So, (laughs) like, you know, the story of Noah. Hey, um, you've never built a boat, but I'm going to have you build, like, the biggest one and save the world. Like, he was a little inconvenienced, I would say. It took him 100 years to build that thing. Same thing with Mary. Hey, you're 14 a virgin. No intention to get married anytime soon. You're going to birth the Savior of the world. (laughs) She's like... Okay. Um, <laughs> Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, major influencers in our lives, they left and went halfway across the world to plant a church and to save thousands of lives. Like, are you kidding me? You're going to have to be inconvenienced to take on the assignment of God. So everyone say it's going to cost you. So their nets, it wasn't just fishing. It says it was their regular work. So it was their money. It was their income. It was their shelter. It was their food. It's what provided for their families. And then without question, without question, they just simply dropped it and they left. And they were made disciples. They weren't qualified. They weren't They weren't like amazing like, like healers or evangelists or anything. They were just regular dudes that fished. And so... My question for you is, what are you holding on to right now? And God's calling you to let it go. God's saying, I need you to let go of that thing and let's go. Let's go do this thing right now. So, when we act, when we end up dropping that net, um, that's when the miracle and that's when the breakthrough comes. But again, it's going to cost us something and it's going to be a little inconvenient and it's going to hurt and it's going to kind of get under our skin. So, my story about two years ago, um, I had one week that radically changed my life. And um, I was listening to a worship song. Again, worship is warfare. And a song says, Lord, have your way. I'm like, oh, that's such a cute tattoo. I'm going to get that. So I got it. It's right here. It says, Lord, have your way. <laughs> and then sure enough, God's like, you want to really test me with that? And I'm like, do it, God, do it. What can we? What can we do? And so... Um, and then that Wednesday, I ended up reading that verse, and then I'm just like, oh, it's such a moment. I had this tattoo, and then, you know, I'm going to drop my net. I'm just going to go immediately, and then God's like, quit soccer, and I'm like, "Mm, nope, I don't think that's what I'm supposed to do, um, and then that next day, that was on a Wednesday, I read that, and God told me to do it. That next day, that Thursday, I met my handsome husband, (laughs) um, Then that Friday night, uh, Pastor David Chittick was like, um, he pulled me out of the crowd. He's like, you know what, Brooke, God's calling you to something, but it's going to cost you something. And I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I need to do. Next day, I played my very last soccer game that I walked into my coach's office and I had the hardest five minutes of my life because what I knew for 18 years was done in an instant. And you know the hardest part is obviously telling my team like those were my sisters i loved them and it was so heartbreaking because and and for some of you you're like okay it's soccer what what's the big deal it's like i knew soccer that's all I knew. It was my life. And so there's something right now in your guys' life where you're holding on to it because you're familiar with it. And God's like, I need you to get out of that so I can put you into something else. You have an assignment on your life, but you can't take on that assignment because you have a little bit of baggage back here that's dragging your feet. And you can't take those big steps that you need to take because there's weights attached to you. And you're like, God, what is my miracle? Like, What do I need to do? And God's like, let it go so we can go and he's like I need you to let it go because I'm going to make you a new kind of fisherman you're not going to be the same old one that you were before but you're going to be ten times what you were before and let me tell you It was not easy, but because I did take on that call, because I did leave soccer behind, I am now in a position with my husband where we get to look after the next generation. And we get to help high schoolers. You know, we get to break chains off of them in the name of Jesus. Like, it's beautiful, the things that we see on a Friday night. If you're in high school, get to a Friday night. I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. Parents, if you have a high schooler who needs some help, bring them to a Friday night. And... You know, how desperate can we be? You know, are we desperate enough to not question God? Are we desperate enough to just drop it immediately to to take on what we're gonna call. You know, sometimes we don't know what that is. Maybe it is a sport, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a relationship. And you know, God's just saying, you know what, baby girl, I need you. I need you to get out of this relationship because I got something way much better for you. I'm gonna need you to get out of this state of depression right now and I can heal that in an instant because watch what's gonna happen. You're gonna break those chains off of the same people. I'm sorry, this disease right now or this sickness right now, it's gotta go because I'm on an assignment for Jesus. I'm gonna go change change lives with just simple words of like in the name of Jesus I command this thing to go and watch it happen and the power in our words um, is the same power in his words and every single one has access to that um oh that's so cool so everyone say it's gonna cost you what are you holding on to right now and God's telling you to let it go because he's gonna go ahead and move you forward it's like an arrow it's like he's pulling you back he's pulling you back and then There you're going to (laughs) go. And you're going to skyrocket. Well, that's all I have for you. Um, Again, Mom and Dad, I love you.
2: Um,
1: We have the beautiful Pastor Summer here.
2: I love you. (laughs) Wow. Okay, well, thanks for being good. No pressure now. Um... Like Pastor Lisa, I also lost my voice. So for the men in there going, great, we have to listen to three girls, but one of them sounds like a man, so there you go. Um, This is courtesy of Cherish Conference. And men, I have been to the last five Emerges. I ran Emerge for five years. And for those of you that think Emerge is tough and Cherish is all prissy and feminine and lovely, I worked the Cherish merchandise stand and have you ever been to or seen the footage of Walmart on Black Friday? I have bruises on my body. I lost my voice. There was a point where you're literally just throwing clothes at women. Um, so men, cherish is like it's hard work. Um, yeah and we spent all your money. I'm sorry. Um, thank you. <laughs> Lisa and Pastor Lisa and Michael for having me up here today. Um, I'm wearing her shoes. She's my friend. Um, Yeah. Um, Today I want to talk about um, about having an attitude of yes. And it's literally just like my story of why I'm standing here right now. And as um, Pastor Lisa said 13 and a half years ago, actually I'll go back further. um, My first yes or our first yes, but it was actually my first yes. Uh, randomly, we were at Pastor Jürgen Leanne's house for dinner. Um, It was just before we got married in Australia. And we were just chatting. And Mark, my husband, who's down here, um, made some comment about having church in Hawaii because then you can have church and then go to the beach. And Pastor Jürgen's like, oh, do you mean that? And Mark's like, no, why? And he goes, well, we actually met with Pastor Jürgen and Leanne today. And they asked us if we want to go to San Diego. And we were thinking maybe you guys would want to come too. And Without even thinking about it, like I immediately was just like, yes. Um, yeah, and I didn't even talk to him about it. I just said yes. Um, we talked about it later in the car on the ride home. And then so fast forward, we weren't even married yet. So fast forward, about 18 months, we land here May twenty fourth two 2006, not knowing what uh, God had for us, what Pastor Jürgen and Leanne had for us, just that we were on a mission. We were going to save the world. And, um, yeah, so that's – so we – we landed here on May 20th, not knowing when you Jürgen, when you Pastor Jürgen, Leanne, Jordan, Ashley, and Tommy, and Pastor Andrew, and that was it. Um, and uh, but that was cool. And then shortly after arriving, they said, "Hey, do you do you want to come on staff and um, be the like office person and help us get?" And I said, "Of course." And it was for like this much money, but that's okay. That doesn't matter because that's what I wanted to do. And then um, two weeks later, they said, hey, our first women's conference is coming up in three months. Can you run it? So I said, yes. Um, there's, there's a theme. Um, and the theme is yes. And so we did that. We had 120 women. And uh, it was amazing. That's the first one Pastor Becky came to. who didn't know, it, like, wasn't in our church at that point yet. And um, so that was good. And then, But then things just kept going. And I just kept being faithful, being given to me. I, after that, um, what do I want to say? Um, just things, it, it just was a continual yes, yes, yes. What did the church need? What did Pastor Jurgen and Leanne need? And I was, yeah, kids' church. So, um, yeah. And not every yes is something that you necessarily want to do, but it's something that, and this was what was uh, a test for me, was 10, 11 years ago, because Charlize, who's in here, was six months old. There she is. Hi, baby. Um, we were in a meeting and someone made a joke about how I was going to be the next kids church pastor. And everyone laughed and thought it was hilarious, including me. And the pastor even called me a day later and said, I can't stop thinking about that. I actually think that that's God and I think oh, you need to be the, the kids church pastor. And as amazing as being the kids church pastor was and what an honor and privilege, that wasn't something that I wanted. That wasn't something that I like dreamed to do, but I knew that that was what God had for me and what Pastor Jürgen and Leanne had for me. And did I give scriptures? Yes, I did. Okay, good. I can't remember. It's been a long week. Um, So Psalm 100, um, verse 2, it says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and his sheep for the pasture. So I had to make a choice. Was I going to be like annoyed and like, Grudgingly do this, or was I going to pull up my sleeves, get my hands dirty, and run kids' church? And I, so I did that for three years, Um, and I served—I would like to say faithfully. I served faithfully and diligently back in the day, and I did that. And then, um, I love the scripture when it talks about the talents, and you hear, "Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with little. Now I'm going to give you much," and that's literally just like the testament of my life here at church—is serving is that with being faithful and not everything necessarily needs to something bigger. But it, can I tell you guys, it builds reputation, it builds your credibility, it builds your faithfulness and people's trust within you. So I just like encourage you today when something, when you get an opportunity, say yes. Um, and I don't necessarily say yes blindly. There are things that I have said no to, but I love the opportunity to say yes and to serve this house. So I just want to encourage you in that. Um, but I have had almost every single job that the church offers. Um, I um, And they're all just yeses. So church receptionist or secretary. I made myself Pastor Jürgen's secretary because he was triple booking himself. So I'm like, dude, I am now your secretary. Um, I did accounting. I helped start the internship program. Um kids church for three years I became the event manager which I loved because I got to put on Cherish I got to be at Emerge I used to shoot guys with paintball guns it was like the best thing ever um and then most recently I did operations and I did HR and then most recently um one of my most most favorite things was I got given the opportunity to do the job that I have now and um it's just such an honor and a privilege that I've been entrusted with such an important part of the church and um yeah, like worship team and production and the theater shows. And it's just it's just so exciting and so amazing. But um, how much time? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I just want to like encourage you today. God knows the plans he has for you. And they're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. So you don't have to worry or be in fear of what, you know, the future may bring because he, he's got it, he's got you and he has so many amazing plans on the other side of your yes. Um, and another um, one that I have um, is coming here actually. This was another ask. I, we, had, we started at Central Campus obviously because 13 years ago that's all that there was. And then we were at North Campus, we helped start that. Um, and then we ended up back at Central well, five years ago. Yes, I don't know, he doesn't remember. Um, five years ago, we were back at Central just doing my thing. Um, you know, being a boss, taking names, doing these things. Um, not really, but yes. Um, and then about a year ago, Pastor Yolian came to me again and said, hey, we would love it if you and Mark would consider coming out to East Campus and helping out at East Campus. And again, I will say that it wasn't an immediate yes. It was a, we're going to go and check it out, see if the kids like it, because I had two kids. A, actually, we had three kids. Sorry. Sorry, Zizi. Um, and we, we're going to go, we'll check it out, and um, we'll see how the kids feel. So we went, we came, and then that week we said, yes, we will. We will come. And it's been such an honor and a privilege to be here with you guys And that's another reason why I'm, like, standing here today is because I said yes. And Lisa is my friend. And you get donuts every week, guys. Like, it's not a hard sell. Um, Like Pastor Lisa said, I do like burgers. I do like ice cream. Um, Anything that's bad for you, I will eat. Um, And I just love all you guys so much. I have some great friends here. My kids love coming here. And... You know, God has really, um, it's something that we actually needed, that Mark and I needed was to come here. Um, And so, yeah, so thank you all for uh, accepting us and allowing us to be here. But um, I don't know what else I needed to say. Uh, That's all. I'm early. I did it on time. Thank you guys so much. Welcome, Heather.
3: East Campus. Good morning everybody. Yay! Okay. First off, first off, can we please give a big, 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 huge honor and clap for Pastor Le- Jurgen and Leanne? My gosh, two of the most amazing leaders I've ever come in contact with in my entire life. So thank you. Thank you Pastor Jurgen and Leanne and obviously Pastor Michael and Lisa. I mean, the fact that you guys uprooted yourselves came to our home, our East, our East County. East Countyans, we love out we love our place out here. Thank you guys for everything you do and thank you for entrusting the stage with all the people you give the mic to. So, um, okay, good morning. How's everybody doing? Good? Okay, so a little bit about myself. So a lot of you guys know me, but I am the oldest of five kids and um kind of cool. I was born in Colorado Springs, Jared, Or Jared, right there. Um, and it was interesting. I was born in Colorado Springs, and um, I had kind of the unfortunate event of my biological father left when I was six, six and a half. And my mom, who's in the back back here, she moved um, me and my, sorry, I'm going to get emotional, me and my um, three younger siblings to California. And we came out here and we were planted in a really big church out here. And it was cool. I've never not really known church. I've always been to church. Church was something we did. And so it was kind of cool because in the process of that, you know, um, my mom actually met who I call dad, who's my dad. And he's in the back right here. And he's, um, if you guys knew what it was like to not have a father and then to understand and know what our heavenly father is like, that's what my dad is to me. He took us in, he adopted all of us. Sorry, Dad, I love you. Thank you for modeling what our heavenly Father looks like in our lives. So, <clears throat> um, I had a good childhood, guys. I was fun. I had a lot of friends. I, I'm still fun, wow. I'm Kelly. <laughs> um, but you know, it was really interesting. Like as I, you know, went through life, it, I came to this crossroads, senior year of high school, and. Really interesting. I've always been an influencer, but I've also been influenced. And so my senior year of high school, I found myself in this place where I'm like, okay, I loved going to church on Sundays. I loved going to chapel. I went to a Christian school. But I also was really, really influenced by fun. And I was really influenced by people. And so that was kind of a weird place that I sat in. Pastor Leanne spoke this weekend about, you know, stranger voices. And so it's so interesting because my senior year actually hit a crossroads. I hit this point in my life where, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, well, how'd you get into the party scene? And people are like, oh, peer pressure, and oh, I just... Mine actually wasn't peer pressure. Mine was actually very easy for me to kind of fall into um, that world because I was kind of listening to two different voices. I actually didn't understand... um, (laughs) I didn't understand the authority and the power that I had. And so I found myself you know in a season where somebody said here try this and i got myself into drugs and drinking and that whole party scene and so interesting enough the title of my message today is called the um cost of your obedience and so if you guys will come with me to Luke 15 we all know the story it's the story of the prodigal son and you know prodigal son. He leaves. He takes the wealth. He squanders it. He comes back to Jesus. Or he comes, not comes back to, he comes back to his father. Um, And that's all spoken about in the natural. It talks naturally about what he was like. But I want to come from, come to it from a perspective of, you know, kind of the spiritual side of it. And so if you guys will read with me. So it says right here, it says, um, He says, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together. All he had set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. Okay, so when we choose to take that, you know, step away from security... Away from our church. Away from the strength that we have in, you know, the truth of what God has created us for. You know, you, you step away. You end up finding yourself away from church. So the, the next verse says, and he spent everything. There was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. Okay, so they were hungry. That was a physical thing. But guys, what's the famine in our lives? When we step away from church, when we step away from truth, when we step away from God, the famine of our life becomes depression. The famine of our life becomes worry, anxiety, and fear. The famine of our life becomes dependence on other people's opinions. So, what famine do you feel like you're sitting in sometimes right now? So then the next verse says, so he went and hired himself to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to fig- feed the pigs, guys. This son was the son of a man of influence. His dad had a position, but yet he found himself subjected, subjected to other people. Where he was supposed to be in a position of authority and influence, he had subjected himself to other people. What are those other people in our lives that we've had to subject ourselves to? Is it a bad relationship? You know, maybe it's substance abuse. Maybe it's just being totally subject to worry. Right? So think about that. Think about that. So, when we are not willing to listen and see the vision of what God has called us to, we become subject to what the world says we should be. So, think about that, guys. When we come away from the Lord, we step away from what God has called us to. We find ourselves subject to the, what the world says. So, then the next verse says right here He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Guys, I'm going to say this right here. There is nothing that the world can give us that will sustain us. There is nothing that the world will give us that will set us free. There is nothing that you can do in the natural that is going to unlock freedom in your life. You can try. You can try. That next glass of wine will feel good for a minute. You know, that next hit will feel good for a second. You know, that next one-night stand will only mask the deep pain that you actually have, okay? Nothing in the world is going to sustain you. So then verse 17, it says, when he came to his senses. Guys, God gives us five senses, right? When he came to his senses. So I found myself in this place, and it was so crazy, like I... The cost of my obedience, I had listened to the wrong voice. I had listened to the voice of the world. And I found myself in this crossroads, and it was so crazy because I had actually, the cost of my obedience of this voice was getting kicked out of college. I lost a volleyball scholarship. I had been arrested for shoplifting, which it was, yeah, anyways. Um, (laughs) I had, you know, gotten in a relationship with... This guy who didn't like me and I couldn't figure out why. I'm like, everybody likes me. I don't know what's wrong with you. But anyways. But it really, really rocked me. It was like this season that like really hit me. And I stood at this place and I had a friend who came and I used to work at Sports Authority in um, Grossmont Center. And he's like, you should come to my Bible study tonight. And I found myself standing there. And the Lord very clearly showed me two different paths. And he goes, if you come this way, it's going to lead to destruction and death. My biological father passed away when I was 22 because the voice of the world took his life. Addiction got a hold of him, and it actually killed him. And so I chose that day to say, okay, God, I'm all in. And so I, I turned off my phone. We didn't have social media back then. I turned off my phone. I know. And literally walked into church on Sunday. And just like Brooke, I turned and I met Daniel that day. So that was, you know... You, so, the cost of my obedience to listen to my father's voice resulted in God knowing that he was going to give me the man of my dreams, my amazing husband. Oh, yeah. Love it. Oh. So, guys, what is it that we have to come to our senses with, you know? Then fast forward. Daniel and I have been married. We have four kids. We have be- well, we had three kids at the time. Beautiful life, amazing flourishing business. Four years ago, I had another crossroads. And I have always grown up in church believing and knowing, gosh, there's got to be so much more. I don't want to do the Sunday morning check off the box. I don't want to do the daily bread every morning just to get my verses in. I don't want to just go to a Bible study just because that's what we do. I want to experience the power of God. And I knew that there was something more. And so the Holy Spirit literally met Daniel and I in our kitchen. And it was crazy. And it's a super long story, so I won't get into it. But it was beautiful because God knows our hearts and he knows the desires of our hearts. And so I sat there, and I remember going, wow, this whole way of thinking and believing is very different than the way I grew up. I didn't grow up in a church that raised our hands. I didn't grow up in a church that believed in the power of God. I didn't grow up in the church that believed in healing and miraculous and authority and power. So for me, we chose to take this step where we said, okay, we are going to obey. The cost of this obedience might be the opinion of people. The cost of obedience might be that we, you know, have to shift some of our things that we like to do in the natural back to committing ourselves fully into church. But, guys, can I tell you, the cost of my obedience is me standing here today with all of you guys as my friends, with, you know, the most amazing group of people in the entire world. So, guys, today, as we sit here, I really want you, I I was praying about this last night, and I know that there are two different types of people in here. Actually, there's probably three. There's some of you. That feel like you're still just subject to the world. You're subject to certain things in your life that are consuming you, whether it's a thought, whether it's, you know, something that you still use, whether it's, you know, anything in your life that completely consumes you, that you want to completely turn over to the Lord. Um, So I want you guys to think about that. What is your famine right now? You know, what is something that you want to give back to Jesus? The second type of people is people who feel like you've been in a religious state for a long time. You come here on Sunday because you need to, not because you want to. You go to church because, you know, that you feel like there's something more but you don't know what it is yet. Guys, there's more. You know, the Bible says that God, you know, he he, he, knows, and he, he knows our heart, right? And he seeks after us. There's more, I promise you, keep pressing in. And then the third type of people, if you could all close your eyes, guys. I believe that there's people in here who don't even know what I'm talking about. They don't know the God that we choose to obey. And so right now, I want to speak to all three of you. And in the quiet of your heart, just know that if you have, you know, that racing and that pounding, just know that God is touching you. He wants you. He wants to change your life. He wants to set you free. He wants to unlock in you areas of your life that you have no idea about yet. So right now, I'm going to pray for you. So when I count to three, I want any of those types of three people Raising their hands. If you want to come back to Jesus and surrender that area of your life to Him, if you want that famine to no longer be a famine and you want it to be abundance, if you feel like you're here because of an obligation, we want to get rid of that religious spirit. We want to set you free. And if you want to know Jesus, then I want you to raise your hand. So on three, one, two, three. Please raise your hand if that's you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Yes, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. If that's still you, if the tugging on your heart is there, guys, just respond. Say yes, like Pastor Summer said. Say yes. Say yes. You won't be disappointed, I promise you. Okay, so guys, with it, will everybody just repeat after me and pray this prayer? Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for loving me. God, I thank you for setting me free. Jesus, I thank you that you are coming into my heart right now. And I thank you for setting me free. So Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this group of people. And right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you that each person here knows that area of their life that they are leaving at the altar right now. And God, I thank you that you are washing them clean in Jesus' name. God, you are so good. I thank you for being on the other side of a yes. I thank you that the cost of obedience is freedom. And so, Lord, right now we love you. We surrender our lives to you, God. Set us free. Give us the ability to understand and know you, to walk in your power and your authority. We surrender our lives in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com.